so glad that you're joining me today as we're going to go into the Word of God, and God is going to supernaturally meet all of your needs, every single one of them. God is able to take care of you abundantly. We're going to talk about that today and how God is able to answer your prayers by fire. I want us first today to receive the holy tithes and offerings, and I have a scripture for you. I want you to be mindful of this one verse. I think this one verse will really, really help you financially. It's found in the book of Proverbs chapter 19, and we're going to look at verse 2. Now, as you're turning to Proverbs 19 verse 2, I want you to be mindful that the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. You need financial wisdom. This is something that for many of us we are not born with. So if you do not acquire this wisdom, then you can have great difficulties and great struggles in life, and it can all be unnecessary. It can all be avoided by ascertaining the wisdom of God, bringing it into your life. And you can find tremendous financial wisdom in the book of Proverbs. I want to encourage you to read as much of the book of Proverbs as you can along with your other daily spiritual diet. You need to have some of the Proverbs in there just as much as possible. Now, Proverbs 19, verse 2, it says, Also it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who hastens with his feet. I want you to think about the part B of that verse. It says, he sins who hastens with his feet. I believe that hurrying, rushing, making decisions that are not thought out, doing things on the spur of the moment that are reckless and can even be on the border of, the, uh, of what we would call foolishness. I want you to understand that making these wrong choices is more than just a bad decision. It can actually be sin in the eyes of God. And he sins who hastens with his feet. The plan that God has for your finances will not unfold overnight, but it can be enacted literally in one day. You start out following the principles of God's Word, and sometimes it can take a little while for a ship to turn around. But as you work the Word constantly and steadily, your financial picture will begin to turn, and God will make it absolutely beautiful. But if you have been prone to rushing into certain situations, uh, particularly the way you spend your money, then you really need to reevaluate that, get that under control, and be a person who does not fulfill the classic proverb, haste makes waste. Wow, praise the Lord. He sins who hastens with his feet. You want to move slowly and thoughtfully and methodically with the way that you dispense your money. You want to pay your tithe. You want to honor the Lord. During special needs, you can even sow seed, financial offerings, on top of your tithe. And then at that point, what you want to do is endeavor to always put some away into savings. Even if it's 1%, even if it's half of 1%, or if you're having good times, perhaps you can do more. When Egypt was prospering under the leadership of Joseph as he served under Pharaoh, Joseph 
saw such prosperity that they were able to set aside 20%. So if times are really going good for you, that's something that you can do. But you always need to try to set aside something, even if it's a small amount. So you want to honor the Lord, tithe, sow seed. You want to put some aside for savings. And then you want to spend wisely. You want to spend wisely. Think about your decisions. It really is your decisions that decide your wealth. What I'm about to tell you can be revolutionary for you from the perspective that many Christians, probably most Christians, think that in their way of thinking, they see that God only has wealth for a few individuals. And if you were born under a lucky star in their thinking, or if you were born uh, somehow with pre uh, conceive favor from God, then you were destined to be wealthy, and then everybody else was just destined somehow to be middle class or even poor. My friends, that is not true. That is not biblical. You decide your wealth. Now, from a new covenant perspective, even you see it on the old, old covenant, God has already made the decision for you. He wants you to prosper, but you have to engage with the Lord. You have to work with the Lord on the terms of His covenant agreement. Oh, praise the Lord. And if you will do that, He will absolutely bring you into prosperity. God wants every one of His children, all believers, all Christians who are saved and washed with the blood of Jesus, to be wealthy. Praise the Lord. That is the biblical truth, my friends. It's not like God wants some Christians to be poor, some just to have a little bit more than that, and then just a very, very small few of them to have a whole lot. No, God's plan is for His people to have a lot. God wants you to be wealthy, but in order to do that, you must make good decisions. Do not move quickly with finances unless God tells you something that is so clear and so resounding that you know that you know that you have heard from God. In those situations, you must, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you must even move quickly sometimes, but you understand that's not normal. That would be the rare case when God has spoken to you. Praise the Lord. But on the other side, 99% of the time, move slowly, move slowly unless you have a dramatic word from God supernatural encounter or visitation or something like that, God telling you something specific to do with your finances. One time I had a certain amount of money, and it was uh, quite a large amount of money, and I had been saving it, and the Lord came to me on New Year's Eve and told me exactly what to do with that money. He actually told me to sow it. Well, I didn't go around saying, well, you know, I need to have that confirmed by other people. I need to pray about it. No, I heard I heard the Lord speak that to me just as real as a person standing next to me that I could see with my physical eyes. So when the Lord spoke that word to me, I obeyed instantly. I told my wife what we we're going to do. She knows that I have those moments, and, and when we do those things, we are, all, uh, we are always blessed. You'll always be blessed when you obey a word of wisdom. But my friends, for the majority of your normal life experience, think about your purchases. Think about your financial decisions. It is your decisions that decide your wealth. Okay, so tithe, sow seed, pay down your debts, pay them down till they're gone. Hallelujah. Believe God for increase. Put some money aside into savings. 
praise the Lord. And as you prove, as you prove yourself to the Lord as a good financial steward, and as you believe God for his miracle working power to touch your finances, God will take you into your wealth destiny. Every believer has a wealth destiny, whether they come into it or not. Much of it is based upon, are they going to make the right decisions, or will they follow foolish patterns, perhaps patterns they were ingrained with in the way that they were raised. And it can be very challenging to have to rework the system. In other words, realize I've been taught wrong. Things I've learned about money, that they're not biblical. So it can take work to change that, but you come into God's protocol, God's method, He will absolutely if you follow his plan he will take you in to wealth praise the lord he sins who hastens with his feet do not hasten with money do not hasten with decisions unless you have that rare moment when god perhaps would supernaturally speak to you and those events are possible praise god now with calmness with peace without hastening but with joy with thoughtful determination and thoughtful decision. Bring now the tithe and the offerings into the storehouse of God. If you would like to mail them in. See, this is so fun. Making good decisions. Making good decisions based upon the Word of God is so much joy in it. Hallelujah. It is so much joy to bring the tithe into the storehouse of God. If you want to mail it in, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 34. Five, six. Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code is 28117. Now, if you would like to bring it in online, you can do so day or night at any time by visiting the ministry website. And there at the homepage of stephenbrooks.org, there is a link called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can click on that, and your credit card transaction is safe and secure. It comes immediately and directly here into the ministry storehouse. Father, I pray for your people. They, they love you. They love your financial plan. They know that you're a good God. So, Father, I am praying and asking that you bring them into their destiny of wealth. You have determined a wealth plan for every one of your people. Father, bring them into it. Let them follow it very, very uh, devoutly. And we thank you, Father God, that wealth is their inheritance. Father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. I speak over your life, and I say you are wealthy in the name of Jesus. Right where you're at, shout and say amen. I know that's God's will for my life. Oh, praise God. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Today, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the classic story in 1 Kings chapter 18. This is, of course, the encounter with Elijah the prophet against the false prophets of Baal, the epic showdown when literally fire came down out of heaven and God revealed himself to his people as, once again, the only true Lord and God. But I want you to notice something very, very fascinating. Oh, I mean, this is really an incredible prayer. I want you to notice the prayer that Elijah prayed and how God answered his prayer with fire. And if you, the prayer has three stages. If you will just work these three stages into your prayer time, I'm here to tell you today that God will answer your prayer 
No matter how impossible it might seem, God will answer your prayer by fire. When I say fire, that doesn't necessarily mean that fire is going to come down in the form of a lightning bolt or physical fire. But what I mean by that, it'll be dramatic. God can do dramatic, mind-boggling answers to prayer. And I want you to understand the prayer that Elijah prayed. And then after the message is concluded, I want you to go do what is what Elijah did, and you'll see that God will do it for you as well. All right, so we will be in 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to start today in verse 36. Heavenly Father, let your Holy Spirit come and reveal your word, your plan, your strategy to us for our victory, for our relationship, and our walk with you. We thank you that you answer prayer. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Let's all say amen. Praise God. Verse 36, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. And then he prays just a little bit more, and the fire comes down. He said, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Very short prayer, but very, very powerful. I think we need to unpack it a little bit to understand how this touched the heart of God and why he responded in such a dramatic way. And why when you also pray the three parts of this prayer, you will see God answer your request. No matter how seemingly impossible, you will see God answer them as well by fire. Verse 36 again. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Lord God of Abraham. What does the prophet Elijah mean when he says, Lord God of Abraham? He's basically saying, Lord God of blessings. Remember what God told Abram? He said, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Abraham's success Abraham's prosperity, Abraham's blessed life was all a result of God touching him and saying, I'm going to bless you. And when God said it, God did it. What do we see when, when the prophet Elijah says, Lord God of Abraham? He's basically saying, God, I worship you. You're the God of my fathers, and you are the God of Abraham who is the God of blessing. Woo, praise God. What is he beginning to do? He's beginning to worship the Lord. He's beginning to build up God. He's beginning to extol the greatness of God. Back in Middle Eastern culture, what you would do if you went before someone, a great elder or a king, or perhaps even your father to ask for something very, very special, something outside of the normal dimension of a request, and so you're really reaching, you're really extending, what you would do is you would go to that person and say, look, I know about your grandfather. 
I have read books about your grandfather. I read about the great wars that he was involved in and how through his brilliant strategy, your nation won and your nation achieved great fame throughout the earth. And I've also read about your daddy and what he was like and the great man that he was. And I have seen the honors and the rewards in the museum that he accumulated over his great career. And I know about your life, how you have gone forth and have done great exploits in the same pattern as your forefathers. And I'm asking you, because you are such a great person, I, and you have the ability, and you have such wisdom and grace, I am asking you for this thing. What is taking place? You are so edifying that person. You are so extolling that person's accomplishments that by the time you get done, they're like, whew. I tell you what, I need to have you around more often. I like it when you come by. What is it that you're wanting to ask? Anyhow, boy, I've never felt so good in, in the last year. You've, you've pumped me up, and you've pumped faith into me. And I, I tell you what, what is it that I can do for you? See, that's what Elijah is doing to the Lord. Lord God of Abraham, you are the great God that blessed Abraham, my spiritual father, Hallelujah. You're the God of the blessing. You're also the God that appeared to Abraham in Genesis 17:1 and said, I am El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God. Wow. Hallelujah. And you know, the Lord's Lord, the Lord's in heaven listening to this. He's like, hey, I, I'm liking this prayer. Keep on, keep on going. I, I'm liking this. And he's just pouring it out. Lord God of Abraham. And the Jewish people, they could, could even though they're in rebellion, even though uh, they have been bowing down to worship these false gods in a, an oppressive and evil society, God looks down with mercy, and his heart is beginning to change towards them, and their heart is already beginning to change towards God. And Elijah says, Lord God of Abraham, the God of blessing. God has blessed you once. God has blessed you twice. God can bless you again. God can do another miracle for you. He has not exhausted his divine supply. You have not even ex exercised his strength. God wants to come through for you and show you his glory and his power, but you need to learn how to worship the Lord. Praise God. Lord God of Abraham, and Isaac, oh, the prophet Elijah says, Lord God of Abraham and Isaac. He's basically saying, you're the Lord of Isaac. You're the Lord God that gave the parents a miracle child when it seemed impossible at their old age, when their bodies were dead. And you not only gave them a miracle child, you named the child laughter. Lord God of laughter. Oh, it's so good. I, I, I can't help but want to turn to it. You know where I'm going. Psalm 126, verse 1, the Bible says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. So the Lord wants to fill your mouth with laughter. He wants to loose your tongue with singing. God wants to come through for you, for he is the Lord God of Abraham. He is the Lord God of Isaac. And God's sitting back in heaven, and he's hearing all of this. My friends, 
This prayer that Elijah prayed had three parts. You must always begin your prayers when you're making a special, special request. You must always begin such prayers with great adoration and worship and extolling of the mighty, blessed, holy name of God. I'm telling you just to pour it on him. Lavish it on him. Tell him how awesome he is. Tell him how great he is. Remind him of his history. Lord God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the man Jacob that was a deceiver, the man Jacob that was a trickster, and God took a man with flawed character and began to deal with him and began to bring healing into his life, and God took a man and made something integrous out of him, and God touched the man, and the man became the father of the nation of Israel. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel, who means one who overcomes, one who overcomes. Praise God. What a legacy, my friends, and these are the men that God worked with. These are the men that had relationship with God. And these men all represent unique dimensions of how God sovereignly moved and blessed their lives and through which the course of humanity has been tremendously blessed. Praise God forever. And this is all of the doing of the Lord, all of the goodness and the mercy and the patience of God to work with these great patriarchs. Praise the Lord. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. See, my friends, you must begin your special request reminding God of how faithful he is. Reminding God that you have done miracles before, you're able to do them again. Whenever I have something to ask the Lord, that is impossible for it to happen in the natural. There are three things that he has done in my life that I always go back before I ask the Lord for this special request, I always go back to the Lord. And I say, Lord, do you remember that one thing that people even laughed in my face and said, there's no way that can happen. I said, Lord, do you remember that thing? And Lord, do you remember when you did it? And remember the look on the people's faces that told me it would never happen. And it happened and they were stunned Lord, I'll never forget it. Lord, you're the same God. Lord, you have done three dynamic, irrefutable miracles in my life that until the day I leave to go with the Lord, I will never, ever forget every delicious moment of them. They were so extraordinary. It was so impossible for it to happen, yet God did it to the amazement of others. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. My friends, you have to praise the Lord. When you go before him, remind him of what he is done. Remind him of the great accomplishments that give great reference to his faithfulness, for he is a faithful God. And that's what I do over and over whenever I have something special. I tell the Lord about those, excuse me, <coughs> I tell the Lord about those three things. I say, Lord, remember that one out of the three? Lord, that one to me was so sacred and so awesome and so special that I will never forget that day that you did that. I will never forget the moment when it actually happened. I will never, ever forget what that was like. Lord, you're the same God. You haven't changed. You haven't had a replacement come in. You're the same God. You did those things. You can do this. This is, this is no harder than anything that you've done before for me. So you remind the Lord, the Lord God of Abraham, 
of Isaac, laughter of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and the nation was up and running and formed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You just begin to praise him and remind him of how great he is. Tell him of how great he is. Tell him of all the wonderful things that he has done in your life and how you are so appreciative and you are so thankful. Did not the Lord Jesus make reference to this in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 when he taught his disciples how to pray? He said, this is how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The word hallow means to, to lift up, to separate by itself and to extol and to worship and to magnify. Lord, hallowed be thy name. Lord Jesus, you are the great lion of the tribe of Judah. Lord Jesus, you are the sovereign head of the church. Lord Jesus, you are the one who took captivity and led captivity captive. You are the one who gives gifts unto men. Lord Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. You are the spotless Lamb of God. Father God, I praise you and worship you. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. Lord, I can't praise you enough, but but you just praise him. Just let it begin to flow out of you. Begin to tell him how great he is. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallowed be his name. Take time to worship him. This is the type of prayer that, my friends, God will absolutely answer. Hallelujah. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day. Woo, hallelujah. Let it be known this day. What is he saying right here? He's saying, now, God, it's time for you to prove yourself. <clears throat> it's time, oh, God, for you to reveal your glory. Lord, I have worshipped you. I have exalted your name before the people. And now, oh, God, it is time for you to prove yourself. Let it be known this day. I want you to go with me to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John chapter 9. Lord, we give you praise today for you are great and mighty. John chapter 9 verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. But that the works of God should be revealed in him. The blind man was healed through the prayers of Jesus. My friends, God wants to reveal his works through you. Perhaps you were born in the difficult circumstances. Perhaps you were born uh, in an impoverished area. Perhaps you were raised uh, in a format where you did not receive proper education. Perhaps you can't read. Perhaps you can't write. You, you may have certain handicaps, certain limitations, certain difficulties, certain Achilles heels. But my friends, God wants you to know that God can still work in your life and do a miracle. Praise the Lord. See, God wants to prove himself for you. And this is a demonstration where God proved his great power through the healing of the man who was born blind. We have another situation 
That was really a setup for the Lord Jesus to prove himself. And we find that in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. If you really want to see the character and nature of God in action, look at this. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him. You must you must come in worshiping. When you need a great miracle, when you need something that's impossible, when you need something especially that's beyond even the, the reach of human man or human ability, you must be, come before God and worship Him. He came and worshiped Him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out His hand and touched Him. That's amazing that He touched the leprous man and touched Him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. My friends, this is a situation where the leprous man comes to Jesus and he worships the Lord. And he says, I know you've got the power. I've heard testimonies and reports of others that have been cleansed that had leprosy. But yet now here I personally stand before you with my own personal need, with my own personal request. And I don't know how you're going to respond to me because I, I don't really know what kind of a person you are except what I've heard, you being a miracle worker. But here I am. But I, I just know that if you're willing, you can do it. And the Lord says, I am willing. And he says it to you today. God will prove his power to you. And so you must say, Lord, now prove yourself to me and let others see. Lord, let others see that this miracle might bring glory to you, that this miracle might reverberate throughout my prayer group, throughout my church group, throughout my association of friends. Lord, that throughout my even uh, 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 other friends beyond certain walls, even family extended family. Oh, God, do a miracle for me. Hallelujah. And prove yourself. Prove yourself. I'm telling you, he will. He will. There's a point where you worship, and in your prayer you say, Now, Lord, prove yourself and do a great and mighty miracle that will bring glory and honor to your name. Woo! Praise God forever. Hallelujah. I know you're ready to go pray, so I'm going to bring you into the final statement that Elijah made in this dramatic spirit-anointed prayer, and then I'm going to release you so that you can go pray and pray the same prayer format and have your prayers answered by fire as well. Praise God. He began by saying, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things. I have done all these things at your word. Now, the thing that you're going to ask God for, before you really lock in and really engage the Lord and say, Lord, I'm laying it down. I'm, going to, I'm just worshiping you. I'm praising you. And Lord, I'm, I'm pouring out my heart to you. Praise the Lord. And Lord, I'm believing you to prove yourself. And before you make that special request, though, please make sure that you get the thumbs up from the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Do not ever override the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. If you do, it will only lead to frustration and disappointment. I want you to see something. First John chapter 5, this verse is very very instructive. First John chapter 5, verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, 
that if we ask anything. Now, if he just stopped right there, we'd have thought, wow, this is like a blank check. But there, there is a instruction that's given to help us stay in the will, in the, per, in the parameter of God that God has for us as individuals and overall generally as us for believers as well. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Remember, there are some things that God will allow you to have that He wants you to have, but they must be in the right sequence. You must have the right timing. It doesn't mean you can't have it, but there are some things that are timing related. Well, Pastor Stephen, I want it now. Well, you, there are some things that are, that, that are cyclical in the sense of seed time, harvest. You sow the seed, not everything is going to pop up the next day as a harvest. So you have to wait for your harvest to come in. So there are some things God says, yes, you can have it, and I'm going to do it for you, but on, you need to understand there's a, there's a waiting period on this. And if you don't acknowledge that, and you're like, Lord, I've got to have it now. I'm, I, I need a manifestation now. You could end up getting frustrated, even disillusioned, because you're not understanding that God said yes, but it's in a certain time frame, a certain time period. All of that, the Holy Spirit will help you to sort out when you, when you worship the Lord, when you spend time with God in prayer, when you're going to ask God to prove Himself, the Holy Spirit, He will be working with you to finally detail your, your request. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, your request is good, but your request, which you have as number one thing that you're asking for, it really needs to be number seven. It needs to be number seven. So it's going to happen. Just put it in the proper sequence, in the proper order. Now come over here and focus on number one request. Oh, he is such a helper. He is the counselor. He will come and counsel you on how to ask. Why does he do that, Pastor Stephen? Because he wants you to get it. He wants you to get it. So he will work with you so that your prayers line up and that you are in a position to get your prayers answered. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, make sure it's according to his will. That's why the prophet said in this prayer, he said, and that I have done all these things, and I have done all these things at your word at your word hallelujah it can be the written word it can be the rhema word that the holy spirit quickens to you it could be a word of wisdom that god speaks to you it, it can be an inner knowing the guidance of the holy spirit the inner witness that this is god's plan for my life i'm stepping towards this i'm stepping into this i'm asking god for it Woo! praise god my friends put those three things together and God will answer your prayer request by fire. Woo! Makes you want to go pray, doesn't it? Hallelujah. I'm going to turn you loose to go pray in here in just a moment. But my friends, I need you to understand that you must praise and worship the Lord. And then after you feel a release in your spirit where the praise is full, the worship is full, then you say, God, prove yourself. 
I want to see this for your glory. I want to see your power in my life. And it's also good for others to see it, that they, can, that they can see that you've done this great thing in my life. And then you want to make sure that it's at his word. It's at his word that God is in agreement with what you're asking. You get everything synced together properly. It's going to be answered in a dramatic way. It might not be literal fire coming down, but it will be a dramatic answer to prayer. Woo! Glory to God. Praise the Lord forever. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now. They be stirred to pray by your Spirit, knowing that you are the same God today who answered the prayer of Elijah. I thank you that you're going to answer the prayers of your people and that your Holy Spirit is going to come in right alongside and help your people request the right request. It's going to be such a specific detailed, perfect request that there will be no doubt to it being answered, that it will absolutely be answered because, Father, you said, if we know that you hear us, we know that we have the thing that we have requested. So, Father, we just thank you for the help of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all three things being synced together perfectly by your Spirit. And we thank you for you doing what only you can do answering by fire and giving mighty miracles and signs and wonders and glorious breakthroughs to your people. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Shout, I'm going to go pray. Woo, praise God. Before you go pray, let's take communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Father, we bless it. We consecrate it. It is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. Come on, take communion together with me and the church family together around the world. As a believer in Christ, you need to be taking communion on a regular basis. Father, we thank you that this is the flesh of Jesus. As we receive it, we receive the biblical truth that you answer prayers miraculously. You are a wonder-working answerer of prayer. We thank you, Father God, that we hold to the principles of your word and that what you did for Elijah, you will do in the lives of your people. You will do for us. We thank you. We receive now the flesh of our Savior in his name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That we are in your family. Hallelujah. That we're heaven bound. We're going to go with a testimony. Father God, I just thank you for that person watching right now. There's something they want you to do. And they're hungry for it. And you're making it the number one priority at this season in their life. Father, I thank you that you are going to do that miracle for them. We give you glory and praise in the name of Jesus. We thank you that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Hallelujah. And we thank you that there's mighty power coming forth in these prayers as your people begin to call out and cry out to you. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that, according to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, that our sins and our lawless deeds you forgive and you remember them no more. We thank you that through the blood of Christ we have right standing with you, that we are the righteousness of you, O God, in Christ Jesus. We rejoice in the blood of Christ, and we drink it now. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's now receive the blood of Christ.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The zeal of the Lord touching you. The potential of miracle prayer answered, placed before you. My friends, go pray and go call out to the Lord to answer your request with fire. Hallelujah. Father, do it in their lives. We thank you for mighty testimonies. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Be blessed. I'll see you back next week. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.